Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is your moment. Your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Today is Wednesday, June 16, 2021. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, nearly 50 years after school prayer was banned, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is changing that for Florida students. Uh, Georgia pastors uh, are here in D.C. advocating for voting rights. We'll talk with one of the organizers. Also, uh, Texas Democrats are still on Capitol Hill trying to get Senate Democrats uh, to move on the For the People Act. Also, the Juneteenth Legacy Project historian Sam Collins will join us to talk about uh, Juneteenth one step closer to becoming a national holiday. We'll also tell you about Black, Voter Matter, Black Voters Matter and their Juneteenth Freedom Ride from Mississippi to the nation's capital. Plus, an update on Brennan Walker, the young man who was shot at while trying to get directions at the school in Florida. Plus, we'll show you today's crazy-ass white woman losing her mind in the clothing store. It's time to bring the funk on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Let's go.
All right, folks, glad to have you here. What is going on with all of a sudden the fascination of Republicans and critical race theory? Hmm, what about the attacks on the 1619 Project? What about everything dealing with the issue of race? Well, the real deal is this here. The Republican Party, white conservatives, and yeah, you can throw in a few black people with them, uh, their real issue is that they don't want to deal with anything with race. But that's really not the strategy here. The, the real strategy here is 2022. So you see, what Republicans understand is that in order for their folks to turn out, they've got to push the racial bush button of hatred. They've got to be advocating and creating the culture wars. They've got to get their white base, their white, uneducated, barely with a high school degree base, hyped and excited about the election. So what better way than to all of a sudden have this focus on critical race theory and race and 1619 and this is not the America. See, see I've been telling y'all about white fear. I've been telling y'all what white fear looks like. Uh, and what it is is this whole notion of, oh, my goodness, uh, they're taking our country. That is really the basis of everything that they focus on. They are taking our country. See, they don't consider us, African-Americans and others, to be a part of the hour. It's really about them. That's really what uh, the insurrection was all about. J just to give you an understanding of what I'm talking about here. Uh, now, now they're fashioning this whole thing, and this is a pretty good one here, uh, that the insurrection that took place, you know what, that, that really was something the FBI made up. No, 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 seriously. That that it really was the FBI making this thing up. This literally is Tucker Carlson making this point. Watch this. Actually, every single case, they were FBI operatives. Really, in the Capitol on January 6th. For example, one of those unindicted co-conspirators is someone government documents identify only as person two. According to those documents, person two stayed in the same hotel room as a man called Thomas Caldwell, an insurrectionist, a man alleged to be a member of the group, the Oath Keepers. Person two also, quote, stormed the barricades at the Capitol on January 6th alongside Thomas Caldwell. The government's indictments further indicate that Caldwell, who, by the way, is a 65-year-old man, yes, dangerous insurrectionist, was led to believe there would be a, quote, quick reaction force also participating on January 6th. That quick reaction force, Caldwell was told, would be led by someone called Person three, who had a hotel room and an accomplice with him. But wait. Here's the interesting thing. Person two and person three were organizers of the riot. The government knows who they are, but the government has not charged them. Why is that? You know why. They were almost certainly working for the FBI. So FBI operatives were organizing the attack on the Capitol on January 6th, according to government documents. And those two are not alone. In all, Revolver News reported that there are, quote, upwards of 20 unindicted co-conspirators in the Oath Keeper indictments, all playing various roles in the conspiracy, who have not been charged for virtually the exact same activities, and in some cases, much, much more severe activities, as those named alongside them in the indictments. Huh? So it turns out that this white supremacist insurrection was, again, by the government's own admission in these documents, organized at least in part by government agents. Are you shocked? We're shocked. We shouldn't be shocked. Because in March, the FBI director admitted 
that the Bureau is infiltrating as many dissident groups that oppose the regime as it possibly can. Okay, okay, so I just want y'all to, I just want y'all to understand um, what you just heard. Well, Tucker Carlson realized, oh my goodness, what, the government has informants? Yeah. Informants and white supremacist group? Yeah. Remember, the reason we know, the reason we know the people who killed Viola Iuzo, a white woman from Michigan who was traveling from Montgomery back to Selma after the Selma to Montgomery march when her head was blown off, it's because there was an FBI informant who was in the truck with two KKK members who fired the gunshots. That's why you have informants. But I want y'all to understand, so Tucker is, oh, no, this is not white supremacists. These, these are FBI agents. <laughs> is that really how y'all do that? So, so, so y'all have to understand what's going on here. Okay. Watch this here. And we're going to discuss this more because I need y'all to understand. The folks at Media Matters put this chart together. And let's drop the, here we go. So here you go. Fox News' mentions of critical race theory every week uh, from February 1st through June 13th, 2021. You see how it was very, 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 very low in February? Then it went up in March, it dipped in April, then all of a sudden, oh my goodness, April, May, June, shot through the roof. You might be asking, well, Roland, that, 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 that makes no sense. What, what's, what's going on here? What's going on here, folks, is the 2022 election. The reason Florida, Arkansas, Oklahoma, they're trying to introduce a bill in Alabama, Texas, the reason they're doing all of these things is because they need to drive their white conservative base to the polls. I was talking to a friend of mine today about this issue, a fellow media cohort, and this is what I said to him. I said, don't make the mistake of trying to defend critical race theory, because this is not about critical race theory. What this is about is the right and their desperate attempt to brand anything and everything under the banner of critical race theory in order to get their base, base hyped and excited. That's what they do. I'm laying this out to you because this was a screenshot that conservative radio talk show hosts out of Wisconsin. Uh, Charlie Sykes shared. We discussed this before. Y'all, this guy here, Christopher Rufo, he literally laid out their strategy. Look, look what he said. We have successfully frozen their brand, critical race theory, into the public conversation and are steadily driving up negative perceptions. We will eventually turn it toxic as we put all of the various cultural insanities under that brand category. Here's the key. The goal, the goal is to have the public 
read something crazy in the newspaper and immediately think critical race theory. We have decodified the term and will recodify it to annex the entire range of cultural constructions that are unpopular with Americans. Now allow me to deconstruct what he just said. Go back to it. The goal is to have the public read something crazy in the newspaper and immediately think critical race theory. What does that mean? That people who watch Fox News, OAN, Newsmax, listen to conservative talk radio, they really are dumb. They really are low information people. They, they, really, they really are clueless. So whatever they're told, they'll believe. That's why you had 121 idiots who signed up to speak against critical race theory at the Loudoun County School Board, even though the principal said, we don't teach it. That's why you've had other educators say the exact same thing in school districts all around the country. That's why when I was debating uh, that crazy sister from Florida yesterday who could not even identify critical race theory. Oh, uh, let's ban across the state. Because one teacher said something to your child. See, again, her deal was, oh, that's critical race theory. So when white conservatives hear race, what Rufo is saying, we want them to think bad, 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 critical race theory. That's why. When AL.com, and you heard Doug Jones on yesterday talking about um, a... Uh, Alabama state rep who was introducing a, a ban on critical race theory, when he was asked the question by AL.com to find it, he couldn't because they're clueless. See, I need y'all to understand why you have to study the competition. I do. Roger Ailes was sadistic, crazy, and demented, but he was brilliant. He was because he understood how gullible white conservatives are. He knew if we just keep telling them over and over and over again, they'll believe it. Please show the Fox News chart again. See, Ailes is dead, but this is the Ailes strategy. If you keep repeating it over and over and over, you're driving it into the consciousness. Now go to the Christopher Rufo tweet right here. You see it right here. The goal is to have the public read something crazy in the newspaper and immediately think critical race theory. Now, Steve, Steve Bannon, Steve Bannon actually articulated this. See, this is why you have to listen to what people say. You have to literally listen to what they say. Steve Bannon said himself, this is our strategy. We're going to do something on the right we're going to talk about it, hype it up. Then we're going to then challenge mainstream media why they aren't covering it. And they know how scared and skittish the white executives and mainstream media are. And what they'll then do is they'll then cover it when there was never their intention. And so essentially what white, what, what, White, and I, yes, and I'm going to be very clear, what white right-wing media does is what they do is they gin up an issue, 
force mainstream to follow them with the issue. And what they then do is they then go, why aren't you covering it? And so mainstream then starts covering it. And they stand back and go, mission accomplished. See, the way mainstream media should respond to this is, we're not covering that BS. Next. But see, they're scared of tweets. They're scared of being criticized. Oh, we've got to cover this. That's, 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 that's really what they do. That's how they operate. So what I keep saying to people is, you have to learn to go on the offensive, not the defensive. So all these people out here, this is exactly what they should do. No, we're not going to discuss critical race theory because y'all can go to hell. Because the whole premise of this whole discussion is BS. Next. No, 1619 Project is not critical race theory, so shut the hell up. Next. So you have to be very cognizant of what the game is. And see, part of the thing is, too many people respond emotionally to things that go on. They respond emotionally. They don't listen and pay attention and then try to understand. What was the quote that I gave you from Bill Duke in the movie High Flying Bird? They invented a game on top of a game. And that's what all of this is. My panel, A. Scott Bolden, former chair of the National Bar Association Political Action Committee. Robert Patillo, executive director, Rainbow Push Coalition, Peach Tree Street Project, Monique Presley, legal analyst and crisis manager. Uh, Robert, I, I, I keep trying to explain to people, you have to be smart and understand how do you counter the racial bigotry of the right. Donald Trump's entire election, him descending those stairs, and coming out, lashing out they, the Mexicans, and they send their criminals over here, and they're raping people. It was creating this thing in the mind that was of these white voters. That's right. That's right. Finally, somebody who's speaking for me. I got to listen to the language. So then you take a Fox News, who's all about how do we maintain dominance in terms of making money. They know how utterly gullible and dumb these people are. And they will just lead them astray wherever they want them. And see, Democrats and progressives have to learn not to take the bait. And then you now are allowing them to define your conversation, your discussion, your narrative. No, you got to learn not to chase them down the rabbit hole, Robert. Well, you know, this is what Republicans have been doing for decades now. This is the weaponization of the Dunning-Kruger effect. You take something uh, that people know very little about, and the less they know, the more confident they get in it. The more they believe they have an expertise in it, and they will argue you down to the uh, down to the mat because they are in a fat-free environment. They do not have to actually make any sense. So we see this every couple of years. Remember, two years ago, Republicans were claiming claiming the Common Core was what was going to destroy public education and indoctrinate children. Before that, Michelle Obama was going to give all the kids salad, and that was going to ruin the kids. Before that, it was Sharia law was going to be infesting our uh, <laughs> kids and creeping Sharia law. Before that, it was they were going to be teaching creationism, or they were going to be teaching evolution in school, and that was the problem. And as you said with DeSantis, prayer in school was the big wedge issue they were on before that. It's always going to be something, because they, don't, they want to cover up for the fact the Republican Party ran in 2020 
on no platform, no education platform, no financial platform, no uh, no foreign policy platform, no platform at all. So if you can um, take all these conversations about public education and turn them into critical race theory, instead of talking about the fact that Republicans have been trying to defund public schools for a generation now, or bust teachers unions, or uh, bring or, uh, DeSantis bring prayer back into school, or uh, get rid of all mentions of race and racism in, uh, in education, well, then now they have won, because any minute that you're talking about a fake problem that isn't even taught on anything besides your graduate and law school level, well, now we're not talking about the uh, uh, the disparity in funding between white schools and black schools in given school districts. We're not talking about the digital divide where black students during coronavirus uh, often did not have access to the same uh, levels of wireless connectivity and technology so they could keep up. Where they're not talking about the, uh, the way that students regress during the course of the pandemic so they they're coming back to school in the next fall well, at a lower reading level than they left at. They don't want to talk about any of those actually important issues. So these same uh, people who are out here raiding these school board meetings, and I, I say the people, not parents, because we talked to some of the people at the Cobb County School Board meeting where they raided uh, last week. Uh, of the 10 people we talked to, not a single one actually had a child in the school, uh, <laughs> in the school district, and of and of the 10, uh, six of them were from outside of the county. And they just kind of come in to raid these meetings to uh, divert attention away to what they want to talk about. So the best thing to do, you can't logic with them because their arguments aren't based on logic. Mm -hmm. You can't present facts to them because it's a fact-free conversation. The best thing you can do is ignore them and change the subject to something which is actually germane to the conversation on education, which they have demonstrated they don't care about because they have no, uh, because they put forward no uh, platform in 2020. And see, Monique, it, again, you always have to follow the money. So perfect example. Uh, there's a site called The Federalist, Ben uh, Dominic, uh, that's his site, you know, known, I think, I think he got busted for plagiarism somewhere else, and then he left to go create his own. This is the guy who's married to Meghan McCain. I just, I'm mm. connecting the dots here. So uh, this is a piece here by the uh, Center for Media and Democracy, where the Federalist Foundation's tax records. And what do they reveal? Uh, that a lot of their money are coming from far right-wing uh, Republicans, including billionaires, and that's who fund. Now, guess what? What people understand is these are the folks, they fund the Federalist, they fund the Daily Caller, they fund the Daily, uh, the Daily Wire, they fund the Heritage Foundation, which has their own media outlet called the Daily Signal. They fund all of these. That's why when you look at the top, the top 10 stories that are on Facebook, it's Ben Shapiro's outfit. See, they have this whole ecosystem where they share. So here's what they say in this story right here. Uh, they say in here, the Center for D um, Democracy has obtained the first 990 tax filing of a new nonprofit linked to the right-wing digital publication, The Federalist, as well as the most recent filing from the Real Clear Foundation, another media nonprofit that has ties to The Federalist. For years, many have wondered who funds the Federalist, which publishes far-right content, including vigorous defenses of Donald Trump, coronavirus conspiracy theories, and racist posts that previously fell under a black crime tag. Uh, and so um, then you go through this here, and you see right here uh, money coming from the Ed Uline uh, Family Foundation, uh, the Conservative Funding Vehicle Donors Trust, and the Thomas W. Smith Foundation. Now... Fred, now, you might say, Fred Uline, hmm, you ever seen the shipping company Uline? Well, that's him. So when you use Uline, you're funding his pockets. 
So look at the, the amount of money that they've given. $500,000, so you see it's right here. CMD previously reported uh, that, let's take real clear foundation, received $5.1 million from the Donors Trust. $850,000 from the Ed Uline Foundation and $450,000 from the Thomas W. Smith Foundation. Now, Real Clear Foundation is the site Real Clear Politics, which a lot of media people go to. So well, the reason I'm laying all of this stuff out, because people need to understand, Monique, the sophisticated strategy of far-right donors and what they've done. In fact, what this story shows right here, the DeVos family as well, you can go down here. Ed Uline says right here, Uline is one of the Republican Party's most prolific political donors, having given $65 million to conservative outside spending groups, including the pro-Trump America First Action. Now, for the people who are watching this show, and they might go, okay, Roland, fine, you know, Real Clear Foundation gets $5.1 million. Here's what I need people to understand. And I've said this before. Let's say I was given $5 million by someone. If I decide, I yep. could then say, yeah. I'm going to hide. Now, I'm listening to everybody. Y'all, I need y'all to hear something. This was the Federalist Foundation, the Real Clear Foundation. So these are nonprofits. So they're getting tax write offs for these donors. If I was given $5 million, I could go hire 20 reporters and pay them $100,000 each. That's $2 million. I could then hire me five editors at $150,000 each to, overs to oversee the 20 reporters. And so right there now at $750,000. So now I could hire 25 staffers from $100,000 to $150,000 and spend $2.75 million, and I still have $2.25 million left over, what kind of damage or what kind of positive things I could do with that? This is what this infrastructure is doing, and so this is who is driving the whole critical race theory discussion, the whole 1619 project attack, because their whole deal is if we can ramp up anti, you know, anti rep of white, white, white fear, white grievance, they're going to come out to the polls. And I guarantee you, write it down, every Democrat running next year is going to get asked, do you support critical race theory? Do you, do you defund the police? Watch it happen. Mm -hmm. Monique, your thoughts on this whole ecosystem that we're actually up against? Well, I, I was going right for the point that you last made, which is uh, when we see the tactics and the methods that are being used, then it really isn't just, uh, oh, that's terrible. Uh, the people with money and who are white are using their white supremacist tactics and, and economics um, and in politics in order to control things again. It's very obvious, especially from that article, that we have the power to do the same thing or more. So then the issues become, do we know that we have it and are we willing to use it and wield it? Because we have individual donors in our community and also people who are true allies of our community who can do the same thing. Uh, and then we have collectively 
the same dollars that we are putting out in the economy in other areas and in other industries, we have it to do this. And, and I'm hoping that the people who are listening um, and, and watching understand that those criticisms that they throw all the time, whether it's you, Roll, or anyone else who's, who's asking for money to fund our freedom and to fund our information and to fund our cultural advancement, um, that no, CNN may not be asking directly for money. ABC might not be asking directly for money. Uh, Fox might not be asking directly for money. But look at what these, these dwellers, these underbelly organizations of the far right are doing. They're the ones that are getting the tax free dollars, yep. mind you, and creating the stories way in the sewers. And the next thing you know, you know, we, we've got people on mainstream media who are over and over again saying CRT and critical race theory and not even bothering to <clears throat> define it or to challenge the people who are challenging it. So I'm hoping that people will understand, uh, yeah, the media that you watch, if you turn on your TV, you pay a cable bill for that, you pay electricity, whatever you have, Wi-Fi you have to pay to get that, but it is also funded elsewhere because those stories are coming up through a pipeline. Isn't it worth it, y'all, for us to fund righteousness the same way these people are funding evil? Scott, I'm going to go back to this article. Scott, I'm going to read this to you. Uh, in 2019, Donors Trust. Now, Donors Trust is called the Dark Money ATM of the conservative moment, movement. This is a donor-advised fund sponsor that Republican billionaires such as Charles Koch, Robert Mercer, and the DeVos family use to donate millions of dollars to conservative causes. When they contribute through donor, tr Donors Trust, their identities are shielded from the public. In 2019, Donors Trust gave $1.5 million to the foundation behind white nationalist hate group VDARE, the largest known donation to a white nationalist group in the U.S. It also gave $10,500 to the New Century Foundation, which funds Jared Taylor's white nationalist magazine, American Renaissance. In addition, Donors Trust regularly funds anti-Muslim and anti-LGBTQ hate groups, having poured over $3 million into these organizations in 2018, as CMD reported. See, so as at Donors yep. Trust, its board of directors determines the nonprofits that are eligible for its charity. So the group's leaders approve these extremist groups. So what you're dealing with here, what you're dealing with here, uh, Scott, uh, and these people have ties to Alec. And so what you have is just this web that these Republican billionaires are funding. And so I need people to understand when you see these stories crop up, when you see how they sort of germinate, okay? They don't start at Fox News. They start among these sites here. See, Scott, they love attacking Facebook, but the Facebook al algorithm um, actually uh, rewards them, and so they uh, so they're attacking what they love. That's why they always say the media, the, the media, uh, 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 the, the media is too liberal. I said if CNN <laughs> went out and hired one thousand conservatives tomorrow, they would still say the next day you're still liberal. Understand right. the strategy. Everything that you're seeing, what you're seeing. It's all tied to ginning up white people to get them angry and upset to turn out in large numbers in 2022. No, no, no question about it. Go back to your donors trust article if you can, because the most important thing you said about donors trust 
is that they hide the donations from others. Super important. They don't even have the courage to stand up and say, I'm supporting white nationalist groups who commit violence and are insurrectionists against the Capitol. That's the first thing. The other thing they do, Roland, which is really, really important, is, is that when George Soros or LeBron James does the same thing for democratic progressive causes, if you will, they're highly critical of them, or if uh, whether it's Bezos or whether it's uh, Bloomberg, they're highly critical of those money, those monies that are given to truth-seeking organizations, to progressive causes, to causes to eliminate police brutality or eliminate discrimination in this country. And so uh, what we need our supporters, just intelligent people to do, is to use their intelligence, if you will, and to reject any dumbass ideas when they read this stuff and outright reject it. And then lastly, I can tell you that those conservative news programs, all the ones that are in the green room at conservative news uh, agencies, all the ones that are on the air who get paid millions of dollars, I can tell you I've been part of discussions where these conservative media folks know exactly what they're doing and often insult their own followers who support conservative news programs. They, they, they know how ignorant they are. They know how uneducated they are. They know how dumb they are. And they make snide comments about them. I've been part of those conversations. And, and then you go on the air, and then you go, then they go to entertainment. And part of it's news, part of it's entertainment. But they know the ignorance of those oh, who yeah. give them the ratings and give life and breath to these negative stories that are rooted in ignorance. Why? Critical race theory is about telling the truth about America. And we got like 30 states who want to bar critical race theory, undefined by them, of course, but telling the truth about systemic racism and the history of slavery. You don't want to teach young kids in public schools the truth where you've got a fundamental problem with the basis and foundation for that type of legislation. So it's overwhelming. Democrats got to get smart, and we need some Democratic political gangsters to fight back against the Republican gangsterism that you've been discussing the last 10 or 15 minutes of this show. Well, I think part of the problem is you have billionaire Democrats uh, who don't know how to fight, don't want to fight, uh, and then they want to be so hoity-toity without realizing, no, you got to sit here and get... You, you, I mean, you, get, you, got, you got to get down and dirty. Hold on hold, hold one second. I'll give you an example. I, hold, hold one second, one second. Hold one second. So, for instance, the Center for American Progress had a very large uh, news operation called Think Progress. Mm -hmm. They allowed it to go out of business. They were like, well, it wasn't making money. Guess what? These Republican billionaires... They don't give a damn about the Daily Caller or the Federalist making money because they set it up as a nonprofit and they're going to say, well, don't worry about it. We're going to give you $5 million next year. Last point, Prager, Prager U. Folks, read the New York Times story. They raised, they, they got $22 million in their first year, $7 million from two uh, Texas billionaires. They raised $28 million the next year. That's how they can get a billion views because they can buy the traffic. So I, I just want people to understand. We're going to keep covering this. I just want people to understand what's going on here and learn not to chase things that they bring up. Be very mindful of where these controversies originate from so we're not playing their game. All right, folks, let's talk Juneteenth.
Juneteenth, of course, is the date that uh, uh, Texas slaves found out they were actually free. It's celebrated every June 19th, of course, which is this Saturday. Uh, now, we are one step closer to Juneteenth becoming a national holiday. Uh, and in Galveston, they have the Juneteenth Legacy Project. Their mission is to properly explain the story's origins while preserving its historical and contemporary relevance. Uh, joining me now is uh, Juneteenth Legacy Project historian Sam Collins III. Sam, uh, I, I had a brother on yesterday who talked about uh, how the story has gotten wrong, how people say, oh, Juneteenth, actually that ended slavery, and he said yesterday, no, it didn't. It was really in December. Juneteenth is specifically tied to when slaves in Texas uh, were told. Yes or no? Yes, when Gordon Granger arrived here on June 19, 1865, and issued General Order Number 3. The important part of the story that we rarely talk about is that 75% of the soldiers that came into Texas were USCT, United States Colored Troops, that brought the message of freedom to Texas. So, what do you want to make sure gets, uh, gets told? And so, exactly what is y'all goal with this? Uh, to expand the narrative with this 5,000-square-foot mural that's on the side of the old Galveston Square building, uh, painted by artist Reginald Adams and his team, the creatives, uh, Kadavian Baylor, Dantrell Boone, Joshua Bennett, Cherry Meekins, and Samson Adenube, we want to expand this Juneteenth story and tell it in a way that is more complete, to tell the full American story. Because too many people don't know that the USCT were walking the streets of Galveston and spreading the message of freedom. Um, first and then of all, went on out into Texas. One of the things that um, I'm already seeing and people are talking about, obviously, all of a sudden, you know, the Congress embracing Juneteenth. And, the, and yesterday, what Carl Mack said yesterday, and I agree with, is that what we have to do is uh, we got to make sure that we control the narrative. Uh, I, I've always said my issue with around MLK days when these, when these folks, especially uh, these, these Republicans, all of a sudden start dropping their MLK quotes and things along those lines, uh, and they turn MLK into this sort of civil rights bobblehead as opposed to uh, showing how he was a, uh, a strong, moral, courageous uh, freedom fighter. And so, how do we ensure that we are controlling the narrative and Juneteenth is not turned into, let's just be real clear, an opportunity for businesses to make money, to sell mattresses, to sell shirts, and to sell all kinds of different things? Because you're already seeing, even in mainstream media, all of a sudden embracing Juneteenth with Juneteenth specials in prime time, things along those lines. Yeah, absolutely, we have to control the narrative. Uh, this is a struggle here in Galveston I'm having with telling the true history of Juneteenth. Uh, the painting in the mural represents icing on the cake. On the building, you see the icing, but as a historian, it's my job to tell you what else is in the cake. See, behind the paint and plaster are the bricks that make my heart ache. And these are the bricks that laid the foundation of this economic system in America that we call capitalism. And you don't always see the bricks, but you always know that the influence of the enslaved people are there. So Saturday at 4 o'clock, we're going to dive deep into this conversation with Dr. David McNally from the University of Houston and Joe McGill from South Carolina and myself. We're going to have a deep conversation. Everybody wants to come to the party and the celebration Saturday, and we welcome you to Galveston. But we want to dive deeper into this conversation, to your point, so that we could control the narrative. Um, and, um, and so while these things are happening on uh, the national level, 
What is your advice uh, to folks who are watching to ensure the exact same thing doesn't happen where it becomes whitewashed and all of a sudden uh, you really don't have the full story being told? Well, I, I think it's very important for those that have been telling this story for decades in our communities. In, in most communities, there's a local historian that may not have been an academic person or, or teaching in the school, but there's an organization here like the Neocultural Cultural Center. They've been working in this community to tell this history story for 30 years, and it's important that we support organizations in our community that have been doing the work. Last year, Juneteenth became popular, and all of the money is flowing into all of these new organizations, and we need to make sure that our existing organizations that have been on the road, the National Juneteenth Observance Foundation has been in, in, in existence since 1994. Like I said, NIA has been here for th almost 30 years, started in 1992. We need to make sure that this money is being funded, funneled into these organizations so that they could tell their stories and not have this paternalistic relationship in which when funding comes in, they tell us what we can and cannot say. We have to uh, create our own platforms and tell our own stories, stand flat-footed and tell the truth. I would rather fast on my feet than eat steak on my knees. So be careful taking funding that is gonna require you to be quiet Remember that you must speak up and speak truth to power in this moment. Um, all right, Sam Collins, we appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you, uh, Monique. I want to go to you um, on, on that particular point when I when I talk about again controlling the narrative. Uh, you're from Galveston, so other than other than me, you're the other uh, other Texan here, uh, and and again. We can already see the wheels turning. We can already see. I'll give an example. Uh, that was a major bank uh, that uh, was going to want to do this big Juneteenth initiative, and it was really unclear what the hell it was. And so we laid out really an informational piece, a number of different things. Then it was like, nah, uh, we're just going to sponsor an event. And I just start laughing. I'm going, I guess y'all ain't really serious about this whole deal. That's the whole other piece, making sure that this doesn't turn, oh, I got a day off. No, 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 no. What, what the hell this is about? That's critical. Sure. Well, first, uh, I hope Sam is still listening. Thank you so much, uh, Sam. I was texting back and forth with my mom yesterday and today, and she sent pictures from in front of the mural. And this is just decades upon decades of work uh, by, by not just by Sam, but by Representative Al Edwards uh, from Texas State Legislature, who died just last year, did not live to see this, but this is certainly the fruit of his labor and so many others. And so what I want to give space for, and it's what I texted, uh, tweeted earlier today in response to uh, one of your frequent panelists who was saying, you know, that this is looking like gaslighting. And I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. But one, can we celebrate the fact that honoring Juneteenth is righteous? It is something that should be done. And then if you are an educator, educate. So if they want to give me money for an event, great. I know how to use my mouth. I know how to bring people in who know the real education of the moment. As Sam said, don't agree to not say things or to not tell the truth. But if they want to support and encourage, I don't have any problem with, with the Juneteenth t-shirts. 
I, I want to tell the story as many times as I possibly can, uh, because especially for me, you know, I mean, these are my ancestors. This is my great grandfather who was right there at Ashton Villa when this announcement was made by Gordon Granger. He became an emancipated former slave. So that is my life and legacy and every opportunity we have for people to understand that even once the freedom was declared on the East Coast, it took almost two years uh, for, for people who lived in the South to have those same freedoms. They were free in law, but not free in body. And that is what we are dealing with right now in this country. So, I mean, y'all, keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah, people are going to try to do what they're going to try to do with it. Same as 4th of July, same as MLK, same as Christmas, for that matter. Commercialization is what it is. The money train don't stop. But we have an opportunity. And I am thankful for everyone who banded together in order to make this possible. Go G-Town. Robert, the thing for me is real simple uh, on this. I can be supportive and thankful for Juneteenth, the national holiday, and demand an anti-lynching bill, and demand the George Floyd yes. Justice Act, and demand the For the People Act, and demand the John Lewis Act. So I, I don't have to sit here and go, people are like, oh, they just want us to forget. No, I ain't forgot a damn thing. I want all of it. I want the whole damn menu. Well, I think that's yeah. what's important, that we we now have an opportunity as a community, and we have to take advantage of that and make sure we keep control of this. We do, we do not want Juneteenth to turn into Black Cinco de Mayo. Uh, you know, the first time we see a little white girl named Megan dressed up as a Sojourner Truth to get free shots, I think all of us <laughs> will realize that we messed up somewhere. So we, we're going to have to keep this in line, keep this where it needs to be at. Even in Atlanta, um, recently we started seeing pop up uh, Martin Luther King Day day parties and twerk fest and strip clubs giving away uh, free giveaways to celebrate Martin Luther King. The community has to come together and keep these things in line and make sure we're educating people and that they understand the true impact of it. And de declaring it a national holiday is step one. Because what it leads to is America acknowledging the damage of slavery, acknowledging and spending a day to realize that, yes, millions of Afri uh, Africans were kidnapped from their homes, enslaved for hundreds of years in chattel slavery, genetic slavery, based upon the blood in your arms, you are owned by another person for hundreds of years, and then released with no with no, no recourse, no land, no property, no money. They then tended those same fields, those same okay. houses for decades thereafter. Deep into the 20th century, there were still people sharecropping. Uh, that Many of us grew up knowing that in conditions not much different than slavery themselves. So as we have this conversation and understand where we come from, now is where we can take it and move the ball forward. It is step one. So now that you recognize what happened, now that you declared a national holiday for the release, now we have to start talking talking about the reparative measures that were never made and how we move that forward towards reparations for our people. That is the, the where the first step, the precipice. That doesn't mean you quit and go to the tort party. That means you keep fighting, moving forward, and change the narrative until we can actually get the type of reparative actions that are needed to repair the damage done to our community after 400 years. I'm going to bring in, before I go to Scott, I'm going to bring in a former uh, CEO of DeKalb County, Georgia, uh, and Pastor Lee Mayo, Transforming Faith Church. Uh, and the reason I'm bringing him in because we're going to talk about this issue and voting as well, and all these things go together. Lee, I think some people need to understand that we can actually fight for four or five different things at one time, 
and can be appreciative of one of them. So, look, we fully expect the House to pass this to make Juneteenth a national holiday. This also means that while all of these white folks are running around trying to pass these laws, uh, not wanting to teach American history, guess what? You make Juneteenth a national holiday, you're going to have to talk about why you even had Juneteenth in the first place. What created it? What caused it? Were the slaves actually freed on June 19th? As Carl Max said yesterday, the answer is no. So my whole deal is, now we can sit there and say, National Holiday, now y'all can't act like you can't teach it because it actually now is a National Holiday. So let's talk about it. Yeah, man, we can walk and chew gum at the same time, man. We can, we can deal with issues of the reality of the history of this nation. We can deal with uh, 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 things like reparations. We can deal with voting rights. We can deal with um, just things that are uh, connected to the black and brown experience in this nation. So, you know, we, we all this stuff that's going on, we don't want um, people to get it twisted. We still need to be fighting for all the issues that affect our community. That's why, you know, I've been here in Washington, D.C., uh, fighting for free and fair elections in our country. You know, I'm from Georgia, and we led, unfortunately, um, this voter suppression, and I say we loosely because I didn't have anything to do it. We were trying to fight against it. But all of these voter suppression laws, and we know what the cure is. The cure is federal legislation that will uh, protect our vote and expand opportunities for people to access the ballot box. So, man, we've been here pushing. We've been here fighting. Yeah, we were here uh, when uh, they, they, they uh, voted for uh, that Juneteenth uh, resolution and all that. And that's good, that's fine. But isn't it ironic that uh, at the same time the Southern Baptists are dealing uh, with the resolution to fight against the teaching of critical race theory? Man, it's just every time we take some steps forward, we see that there are steps to push us um, back. So, But we have to keep fighting. We have to be proactive with our approach. And that's why we've been here in Washington, D.C. Pastors, man, pastors from Georgia and also from around the country, um, making our voice heard and uh, and taking it to those decision makers who can really make a difference, man. Uh, Scott, uh, the reason I pull all these things together, I think about uh, I think about this very issue uh, in terms of what's going on um, in, in the country right now. Uh, and I think about, um, you know, uh, you know, how folks, you know, don't want certain things to happen, how they don't necessarily want um, um, us to deal with uh, all of these uh, issues that are going on. And, my, and my, my point is just very simple. Look, you can't sit here uh, and ignore it. And that's why Republicans, I think, were really so angry when, when folks in Georgia were calling this, uh, they were calling this, um, they were calling this Jim Crow uh, 2.0. They were really upset uh, be, uh, because uh, of that very thing. Uh, while, while Scott's going to answer this, y'all, go to my computer screen. Uh, the House is actually voting on the Juneteenth bill as we speak. Scott, go ahead. Well, <laughs> you know, you know what? let me tell you a problem with, <laughs> with, with everything that's being said. I can't tell whether you all are bragging or complaining about the passage of this bill. I'm sorry. Uh, well, actually, that, that, that means you can't pay attention. No one is sitting no, here. No, not, not one person is complaining. Black people. Not one person is complaining. On this panel, barring the pastor, is you have a national holiday for Juneteenth. You're complaining about commercialism. Hold on, stop. What the hell are you talking about? Did you not hear what Monique had to say? 
stay committed to the cause, yes, but you're about to have a national holiday. You're in a capitalistic society. You're going to have commercialism. Well, guess what? Celebrate well, well, that. No, 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 Scott. No, hell no. Your view. No, hell no, Scott. No, Scott. Actually, no, actually, Scott. No, actually, Scott, you're not paying attention. Actually, actually, the problem, Scott, is you fell asleep. Actually, My Scott, goodness, you confuse me. Scott, you probably are you no. Scott, you were confused because you, you fell asleep. You confused because no, you fell asleep. asleep. What I said I is, what I said is, I we must control the narrative. We the must control the narrative. And it's the and same. And I was confused. I couldn't tell whether no. you like Juneteenth or didn't like Juneteenth. Well, that's pretty stupid. With all these other issues <laughs> that you want to complain well, about. Well, that's pretty stupid if you if you couldn't figure out. It must be pretty stupid if you couldn't figure out if I support Juneteenth being from Texas. That's about the dumbest thing in the world. I mean, I know you're a capitalist, but damn, don't be that dumb. I'm from Texas and support it. What I'm saying is, Pastor, Pastor, what I'm saying is here, Pastor. What I'm saying, Pastor, is here. What we have to do is control the narrative. Because again, if we allow other folks to define, and I'm using MLK as a reason, we go to these events, and I even tell black people, stop just quoting two MLK speeches. He was deeper <laughs> than that. So my deal is, when you lose the essence of the event, you let somebody else control the narrative. Uh, it ain't hard to say, control the narrative. Pastor, go ahead. Well, we am I done? And have I said pastor. Prayer, uh, I said pastor. Scott, you're not a pastor. Can we stop and have a word of prayer? That's not fair. That's Scott, 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 like Scott, let me help you out. When I say pastor, I'm referring to somebody who's actually a pastor. Uh-oh. <laughs> Your ass ain't a pastor. You ain't uh, even a deacon. Pastor, go right ahead. You ain't even an elder. Christian, so I'm gonna let the pastor go. No, no, you're not gonna let the pastor go. I'm gonna let he gonna talk because I gave the directive. Pastor, go ahead. I agree with your directive. I agree with it. Yeah, of course you do. Pastor, um, go ahead. One, I think y'all need a resident chaplain to be the referee between y'all. Number one. But I believe here, here's here's what I think, y'all. Inevitably, this happens with human nature, period. It definitely happens in our community. We take, we take issues, we take things that have this pure kind of um, uh, thing around it, and inevitably, human nature is to commercialize it, is to, is to, to, to pivot away from its original meaning and all of that. And with the passage of this, if this does become this federal holiday, um, I think we have to be focused on what it really is about, man. We can't, we can't, folk, we can't veer off and go down this commercialization kind of road, this monetization of it as well. We need to hold it as an opportunity to discuss for this nation what this really means, man. This nation has a history that um, goes counter to what we like to communicate uh, publicly. You know, we like to tell the good, sweet nothings about about this nation's origins, about how we were founded and all that. And, 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 and this nation, particularly its leadership, likes to skip over the fact that, uh, that we stand on stolen land, you know, that, that we used um, forced uh, and violent labor uh, to build this nation and have not done what the Bible calls for us to do, which is to re- be, uh, offer restitution for our sins. You know, and and we have to, this thing, this whole federal holiday, honestly, y'all, I don't think one way or another about it. 
it's what if it passes, which it looks like. Um, uh, oh, it's gonna pass. It's gonna pass. It's gonna pass. If it passes or when it passes, we, those who understand the background, the history of this nation, man, we have to make sure that we continue to educate. Look in the Bible, in the Old Testament, I think it was in the book of Judges, it says there arose a, a generation that knew not the God of their fathers. What does that mean? That means that when this new generation, the millennials, the Generation Z and all of that, when they arose, somehow they didn't know the God that took our forefathers and foremothers from Jim Crow, slavery and all of that. We have to do a good job of passing down the story of how we've come to this point in our nation's history, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We can't be afraid to, to uh, teach the truth to all the power structure who don't want to acknowledge this and whatever, and we have to embrace the real meaning of what we are quote unquote going to be celebrating. So Monique and Robert, may I? Yeah, may I speak? Monique. The reason, yeah, the reason I'm pulling all these things together uh, is because they're all being discussed in real time while this is happening in the House. There's a negotiation still happening in the Senate over the George Floyd Justice Act. You now have today, we'll talk about it a little bit later, this, this framework of a new voting uh, proposal that Senator Joe Manchin has put together that could actually put into federal law voter ID uh, and stop no excuse uh, absentee balloting. All of, we could talk about all of these things together. And that's the point uh, I was making. Uh, you probably got it. Robert probably got it. I don't understand why Scott couldn't understand it. But Monique, go ahead. I, Monique, I, go I, ahead. Was, don't complain Monique, about the go ahead. Yes. So um, Scott did. I, I want to try to assist because he did text me um, at the beginning of the show and say he was having problems with his audio. And I have to believe that it's those problems that prevented him from hearing me no, say congratulations no, to Sam Collins. Did you? Okay, don't and, interrupt. And, and, and the reason I can confirm, the reason I can confirm what you said, Monique, because Monique sent me a text uh, at six seventeen. Scott can't hear the show. Monique, continue, please. Monique, continue, what please. I know now, what I know now is that it wasn't technical issues. It was auditory issues. So I said, being from Galveston, that my parents yesterday, on the anniversary of 63 years of marriage, were able to go, because I'm adding to the story now, because you didn't get it the first time, Scott, were able to go to the spot where my mother's grandfather heard of his emancipation, right? Right there in Galveston, Texas. And I said, thank you, Sam. Thank you to the decades of work of other people. Thank you to Representative Al Edwards, who isn't here to celebrate it, but died a year ago after all of his hard work. And I said, let's be mindful to take this win and that this is a teachable moment. We don't need to be concerned about commercialization they commercialized July fourth, exactly. Scott. Exactly. You still sell it. Okay, well, but it was it was it, you should have amen the first time instead of saying that I didn't say something, Scott. They commercialized Christmas for the pastor who's here on the panel. You know, I we're agree. not saying get rid but of high holy days because they are all opportunities for those of us who know how to teach, 
to teach. It's opportunities for the elders to teach the youngers. It's opportunities for those of us who have information to teach those who are ignorant. That's why I said, I don't mind the t-shirts. I don't mind any of it. First of all, if it brings commercial industry to my hometown who has suffered and rebuilt and rebuilt and rebuilt after hurricane, after hurricane, after hurricane, stop talking, Scott. I for real am still talking. If it does that, then I am in favor of it. But Scott, you agree, but you missed it. All I'm trying to do, because if you missed it, then maybe somebody else missed it like you, is say, guys, don't allow our cynical nature where anytime we get anything good, we know that something else bad is around it and they're gaslighting and et cetera. We have the power to control what is done with this. June 19th was the day my grandparents got married. And before one of them went home to be with the Lord, they had celebrated 62 years of marriage right there in Galveston, Texas. They moved the property from where my grandfather was a sharecropper down to a block from where my parents still live. So listen to me. I have been in every Juneteenth parade. I've twirled batons. I've been in the band until I went back three years ago and spoke at the inaugural social justice luncheon for the Juneteenth Emancipation Committee. So hear me when I say this is our moment and it matters. It's more important to me than July 4th will ever be. So those of y'all out there who are saying, uh, we're being gaslit, but you're going to break out your barbecue? On July 4th, start a couple of weeks early, but bro. That's not what I said. Start uh, when oh, we actually got free. Uh, Pastor okay, Lee, pa- pa- Pastor Lee, Pastor Lee, after uh, Monique just laid that out, why don't you just go ahead and give the benediction? Amen, y'all. Amen. But let me say this one thing something that's super dope for me right now is uh, my mom and dad, Reverend Lee May Sr., and my mom, Diane May will be celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary on Juneteenth. I think that's cool. So, you know, I just had to say that to make me a good son. But, yo, we got to... Look, let me tell you something. Let, let's not fight about this. This I think this could be a good thing. If it's commercialized, you know, it is what it is. But let's keep it as a teachable Lee, moment. Lee, 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 Lee. Pass, pass. Lee, Lee, ain't nobody fighting. Ain't nobody fighting. Every Wednesday, every Wednesday, there are three sensible people who are on this show. There's always that <laughs> yeah. ignorant, wild, crazy uncle. Oh, uh, that, there's always that one. There's always that yeah, one who is that far right, from being committed. And so that's what we got. That's what we. That's what we got to deal okay. with. Uh, Pastor, uh, continue to uh, press the folks on Capitol Hill uh, when it comes to voting rights. Uh, we certainly need it. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me on. Going to a break. We come back. We're going to talk about uh, Senator Joe Manchin. Yeah, this voting proposal he has. Mm, I don't know. That's next to Roller Martin Filtered. I believe that people our age have lost the ability to focus the, the discipline on the art of organizing. The challenges, there's so many of them and they're complex and we need to be moving to address them. But I'm able to say, watch out, Tiffany. I know this road. That is so freaking dope. <laughs>
Racial injustice is a scourge on this nation, and the black community has felt it for generations. We have an obligation to do something about it. Whether it's canceling student debt, increasing the minimum wage, or investing in black-owned businesses, the black community deserves so much better. I'm Nina Turner, and I'm running for Congress to do something about it. George Floyd's death hopefully put another nail in the coffin of racism. You talk about awakening America, it led to a historic summer of, of protest. I hope our younger generation don't ever forget that nonviolence is soul force. Right? Join the Blackest Bus in America and hundreds of organizations on a freedom ride for voting rights. From June 18th to June 26th, join our caravan for rallies in cities and states from Louisiana to Virginia. And on June 26th, you can join us in Washington, D.C. or host a voting rights event in your own city. To learn how to get involved, text Freedom Ride to 797979. What's happening? <laughs> good to see you. I'm Likewise. good. Likewise. Good. Down here, all this black love. Yes, yes. It's amazing. I'm glad to be here. Well, it's, to be it's, here. It's all, I, I tell people all the time, I, if, if they have never actually experienced, uh, this is my ninth consecutive Essence uh, Festival. It used wow. To be Essence, I'm sorry. It used to be Essence Music Festival. That's now right. Now it's just Essence Festival. Festival. That's uh, true. Ninth consecutive. And, and I really tell people uh, it is just something unique about black love and how we are received by yes. our people here. Pretty amazing, pretty amazing. I, I would agree. Um, whenever you're received by your own people, your own cultures, I don't think there's anything that compares to that. Mm -hmm. And to see us all doing something together in unity, having fun, enjoying the weather, enjoying the different gifts and talents that come out of what God has given us, it's a, it's a great thing to experience. And they all think, they also all think uh, they're your cousins. <laughs> you know, they've seen it. Oh, of like, course. Hey, see, see. David, yes, that's what I love about it. Right. It's no strangers. Uh-uh, at all, at all, uh-uh. <laughs> and I know they know you. Like, oh, I know they, you they, are they, their they, best they friend. They'd be like, hey, Uncle Roro, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> well, here's, here's, what, here's what I know people watch, because, you know, I end my show every day with holla. Uh-huh. Somebody walk up to you and be like, holla. Uh -huh. Like, okay, you watch. You watch. It's, all, it's always a seasoned saint, it. too. Uh, always. She woke up by 75. She'd be like, holla. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's got to make you feel pretty oh, great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? So it's, all, it's always good. good. All good. So what you got? What you working on? What you got? Well, just just finished a new record. So I have a new record now. Um, Let Them Fall In Love is the name of it. I'm mm. on tour. Okay. Fall In Love Tour. Just just performed here in New Orleans uh, oh, cool. a few weeks ago. It was really great. Had a great time. Who are you touring with? Just um, you? Yeah, just me. Okay. Just me. Got a new record, and I'm pretty excited about it. And then tonight, or should I say tomorrow, I'm here for, I'm a surprise guest for one of the people that they're honoring. Okay. 
All right. So then. I better keep that a surprise. All I right guess. then. Well, in know, case they're watching. You know, <laughs> well, no, this this is gonna air when it's all over. So, oh, when it's all so over. All good. So, so can you can actually say. Who, okay, who, who you're sissy. They're That's honoring what, sissy. So they, she, so they, she don't, they don't know. No. She, oh. does, she doesn't know. She don't know. So I'm honored to be here. You gonna get a test, girl? Where you at? <laughs> oh, I'm in New Jersey. Uh, I'm if in not, Nashville. you're gonna get it. It's gonna be your uh, fault. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, that means you can't take no pictures on social media. That's right. I'm sitting in front of camera. I'm doing all that. Right. Exactly. I'm hiding. Now, it, what I need to know is. Has BB finally learned the name of y'all songs? Uh, when we were at the Tom Jonah family reunion, uh, what did when, he do? Uh, when Grace came out, right? Remember doing a concert? He was just making up words, oh, and, and we were backstage. And you like that is what were you so... doing? You like <laughs> you he's like there. I forgot the words, and you look like what is he singing? <laughs> you know what? It's always hard when you come out with something new. It's like you better. You better go in there and practice. Right. And, you know, B.B., he doesn't think he has to practice. You know? He was sitting there just making he, it up work. It comes easy for him. Most of the time, I, I have to work at it. He does it. It was too funny because you like. <laughs> you saw it? Oh, no, because remember back after I saw it, and then afterwards, afterwards. you were like, what were you doing? <laughs> He's like, I, I just forgot the words, so I just started making up stuff. <laughs> He wrote it so he can just start writing something new. And you yeah. sitting there like, so when am I supposed to come in? Because I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, it's not like exactly. acting where you just you just no. going on like, okay, I'll just wait till you finish no, and you I go. Exactly. No, no, no. You have to be inside the music. So when you mess up, then you're in trouble. One of the things that I think is interesting that okay. I, I tell people, and, and television is also, I think, the same. There is something about... Um, what you, I, I give lots of speeches, and so mm -hmm. I don't write speeches. You don't. I don't, I don't write them. Okay. So I literally allow for the discernment in the room where I get a sense of the f feeling in the room. Wow. I, 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 so I mean, literally. I mean, okay. I let the room speak to me. Wow. And then, then that dictates. So there are times when, before I speak, uh, if, 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 if the room ain't right, like, I'm not saying much. I'm, you know, I'm, I speak to everybody in Gares. Right. I'll be sitting there, and people are like, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm fine. Because, wow. like, cause I'm about to kill y'all when I get up there because like, I got something to say to y'all because there's some issues in this room. So when you sing, have you ever been on that stage where you felt something in that room where you said, you know what, I need to switch up what I'm doing because I'm, I'm, I'm picking up something, Definitely. but I need to shift what my plan was. Definitely, and even, even speaking, you feel that, but I didn't realize this is the first time I heard that somebody that doesn't prepare at all and kind of walk in. Well, you kind of know what you're right. gonna do, but, but no, I, I just but tell you let the room I just tell you how much time I got. Wow! <laughs> I, I just, seriously, I, I've written one speech in my life. Unbelievable! But literally, I, I can give a 15, a 20, 30, 45 hour and a half just by filling the room. Yeah. Wow! But yeah, d definitely that happens to me a lot. You know, you have a program, but then you get there and it's like, no, I sense I need to go this direction, mm -hmm. or even speaking. You know, so yeah, I totally understand what you're saying, but I've never. Went out and just said, "Okay, let me just feel I, what's I, happening." No, I've literally that's amazing. Changed my speech, going like I said, "Okay, fine, I'm gonna settle on this while I'm sitting down." Uh -huh. I've literally changed it, walking to the podium. Wow. Yeah, and that's the beauty that's of awesome. it. I'm not, not writing it because you know I can just flip it. Yeah. But yeah. but literally, and see now my, my wife was so she gets so mad at me because so she's ordained. So she's she, probably nervous. Maybe she so been you know she been ordained 23 years. Oh so my like, god. Like when she preaches. She okay. goes in his cocoon. Yeah. She, she like goes That's in the corner. That's me. I have to work like so hard at it. <laughs> she got books. You know, she's just all in this. You yes. know, you can't really talk to her. Right. I'm like, I'm sorry. So I, I, I did three services at the That's church. That's not fair. And we were going in. She goes, what, she said, what are you going to talk about? I, said, I don't know. 
hadn't decided. I'm literally, I'm literally sitting in the pulpit. Choir singing. I'm talking, they, they singing like right before I go up. <laughs> like the and, last and, song. And I literally open the Bible up, go, I find a scripture, I take a half of a scripture. And then you come up with my up. title, know what my points are, and boom. Oh, you know what? I'm not even speaking and to you anymore. She gets I'm so with your mad. wife. I'm on her she, side. I said, I said, baby, don't hate the gift. Oh. Don't hate the gift. <laughs> don't hate the gift. I said, don't hate the gift. That would be tempting not to hate the oh, gift she can, in that circumstance. Because she is in this hole. That's me, too. No, I, I call I, it a hole. I have no. to go into a cave. Mm -mm. Oh, you know what? Is this interview over? Because I'm done <laughs> talking to you. <laughs> I am totally done. Are you serious? Yeah. No, seriously. Wow. No, seriously. I tell you, don't hate the gift. Well, too much is given, much is required. Yeah, I'm not so. like I say somebody got uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're on tour. Where are you going next? <laughs> Let me see. I'm going to Grand Rapids, and then Detroit. I get to go home. Okay. Detroit, and then uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Those are my next three stops. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was always good to well, see you. Well, good to see you too. I, I, even you. though I don't like you anymore, <laughs> <laughs> because don't, of the gift. Don't hate the gift. But it's don't good to see you. Thanks good for having me. Good to have you. <laughs> All right, y'all. That that. All right, folks, uh, that was great. So every day here on Rolling Martin on the Filter, we're going to have a, a Coca-Cola Essence Festival throwback where we're going to show you some of our greatest moments uh, from previous Essence Festivals. Uh, don't forget, uh, Essence this year is a virtual festival uh, on uh, June uh, 26th, uh, 27th. That's a Saturday and Sunday. Uh, they're going to actually have the panels beginning around 2 p.m. And then, of course, uh, they're going to actually have uh, the uh, concerts beginning at 6 p.m. And so June 26th, June 27th, and again, the following weekend, July 3rd and July 4th. And so this year's Essence Festival is virtual. And so every day uh, we're going to have, again, throwback interviews. And if you go to our social media, you're going to see photos that we posted of previous Essence Festivals as well. And so we appreciate uh, partnering with Coca-Cola uh, on bringing some of y'all. We, we've had some great stuff, y'all, some great photos and great interviews. And so we want to share some of that stuff with y'all. Uh, and so we certainly appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. Uh, if you go, let's go right here uh, to the floor of the U.S. House. This is a live look on the floor right now. Uh, I don't think everyone has voted. First of all, you can see uh, only um, 14 Republicans, 14 Republicans are on record voting against making Juneteenth uh, a federal holiday uh, on uh, June 19th. Uh, and so in just a moment, uh, we expect uh, Texas Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee uh, no, she is going to uh, she is going to uh, uh, make the announcement uh, of the bill's passage, uh, and so obviously it is fitting to have uh, a member from Texas, uh, a black woman from Texas, uh, of course, uh, the first uh, African American from the South uh, who was elected to Congress uh, was Barbara Jordan. Uh, Barbara, the seat that Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee is in, that is the seat of Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. Uh, she, of course, was followed by Congressman Mickey Leland, the late Congressman Mickey Leland, uh, who was a great man despite going to Phyllis Wheatley High School. Uh, that was our rivals at Jack Yates. Uh, then he was followed by, of course, Congressman Craig Washington, uh, and then followed by Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee. And so uh, when uh, they uh, uh, finished tabulating the votes, then we will uh, uh, go live to the floor of the U.S. House uh, and talk about this issue. Robert, uh, before we went to the break, I talked about 
uh, this new proposal that's been floated around uh, where jo Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia has been negotiating with some other Republicans. Uh, and one of the things they're talking about is actually uh, making voter ID federal law, but also providing for some other alternatives uh, to be able to show your ID, such as utility bill. But they also are going to, uh, as a part of this thing being discussed, uh, also uh, not allow for no excuse absentee balloting. And there are a lot of Democrats who say, uh, no, forget that. So he's and so he sort of lists the things that he doesn't like in the For the People Act, uh, and uh, grabbing some of the stuff that he does like, putting it all in the John Lewis Act. Uh, and the discussion being held is that hey, he thinks he can get uh, the, the more than ten votes necessary from the Republican side to break the filibuster. You, you, your thoughts on this so-called workable solution? Well, well, one, uh, just going back to the last segment with uh, Pastor May, do you see how calm us Clark Atlanta University people are? And you see how we don't do a whole lot of yelling and hollering and screaming? The Clark Atlanta alumni are very, uh, we cool cats when it comes to things like that. So what I you're saying, Howard University will real loud? Is that what you're saying? Well, look, I, all I'm saying, you had two folks from Clark, two folks from Howard. That's all that I'm saying. Just, you, you I, that I, I that, that is a very factual Rob, observation. Robert, Robert, is that really what you want to do today? I, look, I'm just yeah, saying, really? we were over here okay. killing me and Lee. We good. I'm just, that's, okay. I, I don't no, make the rules. The rules, no, it, the people I mean, saw what happened. You're still getting room Let's for all kidding now. analysis. See, see already, that's see? what you want to do today, the, the way that I am with you, I mean, I never leave you. And this is what you're going to do? We here, we here. We on it. But back to Joe Manchin. I, I think the man. I, I think the man. I wouldn't take that yeah. if I were you. But look, okay, I, I think the man. I know I'm back you're so messy, show. Scott. You are so messy. I, I wouldn't look, take that. He's a kappa. <laughs> Robert, go ahead. I think the Manchin proposal is dead on the arrival of the Democratic like caucus. This. Let's understand something, that <laughs> he's trying to bring 10 Republicans over. It doesn't matter what they put in the bill. You're not getting 10 Republicans, as long as it has Democrat on it. They could actually bring... Uh, Joe Manchin could sponsor a bill to bring back Joe, Jim Crow and slavery every third Saturday, and Republicans <laughs> would not support it just because it has Democrat on it. Um, uh, Mitch McConnell has already said the era of bipartisanship is over. Their only goal is to make sure that Joe Biden has no legislative victories, nothing to campaign on in 2022 and 2024. So this idea you're going to negotiate with them, then somehow get these 10 reports. What 10 is he going to get? Where's the math at on this? And, and at the point that you pass a bill that is so Republican and betrays the actual soul of the original legislation, that's not a compromise. That is selling out. So I think it's a ridiculous conversation. If you don't want to pass it, then let's start over and rebuild a bill from the bottom up after we um, we get a bigger majority in 2022. But this idea of selling out to the Republicans in the name of bipartisanship, I don't think will float with the Democratic base. Scott? Yeah. We talked I, I about where Mo Mo Monique, hold on. Monique, hold on. Scott. Robert? Mm -mm. He needs to watch Will the you call my name? Again. Okay. Scott, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I think uh, my colleague from Clark, Atlanta, is absolutely right about this. Let me tell you why voter ID is really dumb from a legal standpoint. In most jurisdictions, if, if, if you don't have ID or you're in the wrong precinct, it's a challenge ballot, basically. They let you vote, and then when they go back to tally, they put challenge ballots in another bucket, and they, at some point in the next 24, 48 hours, confirm, cross-reference, and what have you, and your vote may count, or if they can't make the match, then it gets thrown out as a challenge ballot, if you will. So upfront voter ID, especially when you, as long as you're not registering, if you will, but you're just trying to vote, 
Voter ID laws simply don't work. They're worse than a poll tax, if you will. And these other things that are in this bill are just contrary to what the Democratic reforms are. Because remember, the Democrats want as many people to vote as possible under dem our democracy and constitution. The Republicans, because their views are not popular and they don't help America. Democrats historically, at least over the last 20, 30, 40 Allow me, uh, Scott, one second. Let's go to the Scott. Let's go to the floor of the House of uh, Representatives. Go. On this vote, the yeas are 415, and the nays are 14. The bill is passed. Without objection, a motion to reconsider is laid on the table. Well, there you go. And a vote of 400. Uh, and, and you heard the vote uh, totals that were given by Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee. Uh, 414 uh, House members. Uh, 414 House members uh, voted yay. 14 uh, voted no. Those 14 are all Republicans uh, who voted no. Uh, I, I got to, uh, I'm, I'm going to show you all this here. Actually, if you go back, you see, uh, go to the, go to the uh, chamber, please. You see uh, House members there congratulating. Uh, Congresswoman uh, Sheila Jackson Lee uh, for that. Uh, this was a long day in the making. Folks like Opal Lee, uh, who's almost 100 years old, she's been walking all over America, uh, wanting to make Juneteenth a national holiday. Y'all might remember, this also was when that uh, bullshit Trump platinum plan uh, even though he didn't say nothing about it last year. Uh, and remember, last year, it was Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson who stood up and blocked it because they wanted to pass it by unanimous consent. All the other Republicans agreed with it. Uh, he wanted to be a, uh, be, be a butthole about it, uh, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, and then uh, this year, he finally realized, you know what, let me just sit my behind down because it don't make any sense. Uh, I, I do, I do want to show y'all this here. I saw this tweet. I thought it was uh, pretty damn funny, uh, even for a Republican. So uh, one of the Republicans uh, made, said some really stupid uh, comment. Let me pull this up for y'all uh, so y'all can laugh. Uh, I, I, know, I know you don't think uh, Texas Senator John Cornyn uh, has a sense of humor, uh, but y'all watch this here. So read this here. Uh, Representative Rosendale issued the following statement opposing a bill to make Juneteenth a federal holiday. Let's call an ace an ace. This is an effort by the left to create a day out of whole cloth to celebrate identity politics as part of its larger efforts to make, to make critical race theory the reigning ideology of our country. Since I believe in treating everyone equally regardless of race and that we should be focused on what unites us rather than, than our differences, I will vote no. Okay, let me just show y'all. This was the response of Senator, Republican Senator John Cornyn. Kooky. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, which is, I mean, I'm just saying, he's a fellow Republican, but even he was like, yo ass ignorant. <laughs> oh, gosh. It, it's a, but, but, but you notice there, you remember what I said at the top of the show? You notice there how he worked in critical race theory in? Right, exactly. I told you, anything, it, it, you, here's, here's what's going to happen. Somebody going to be discuss, discussing blackened salmon or blackened catfish and a Republican is going to say, that's critical race theory. All they're going to hear is the black part. <laughs> that's all they're going to hear. And they're going to yell critical race theory. Good. That's just what, yeah, that's just what, that's just, just what we're dealing with. So, all right, y'all, so uh, Juneteenth uh, is a uh, federal, uh, now goes to President Joe Biden to sign making a federal holiday. Uh, and so, um, 
Yeah, now you're gonna have the people yelling. Uh, I, I can't. I can't wait to, to, to see the Republicans who want probably gonna try to say, "Can we make Jefferson Davis a fellow?" Uh, go on, sit down, because you know they still as we as uh, we still they still get time off in Alabama, Mississippi, and I think Tennessee as well, uh, and I think South South Carolina too. Uh, so it's amazing. Uh, so, so, so Roland, what are they gonna teach in the schools about Juneteenth if they no, you can't pass a law to no, block? No, 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 you uh, can't. No, you can't. Huh? You can't. <laughs> You can't. Not gonna do it. You can't. Right. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. So there's gonna be a net federal holiday, but you can't talk about it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, the Republicans' view on this is the denial of the truth again. They just have a problem with the truth and facts, whether it's slavery or structural racism in this country. They can't explain it, so they just don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Bottom line. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's, that, that's the real game. That's the real game. Um, maybe they want to talk about this. Y'all know what time it is? No charcoal girls are allowed. I'm white. I got you, huh? Illegally selling water without a permit? On my property. Whoa! Hey! Hey, remember, give me your You don't live here. I'm uncomfortable. All right, you know, when you go shopping, you, you're really not trying to deal with really choosy, crazy, outlandish people. Well, at this, Ross, dressed for less, let's just say, it gotta look crazy. Call her monkey. His sister's kind of like, mm. yeah, okay. All right. Uh, let me. Uh, did did, did y'all find her name? Did y'all find her name? All right. Let me let me go ahead and read uh, her name. Uh, that's her right there, Carrie Zoner. Uh, that's the one who acted a damn fool in the store. Uh, and and I, I, I like I keep saying, Monique. Hey, hey. Just keep the cameras rolling. And every time one of these fools act a fool, and then they get fired. I'm telling you, we should have a lot of black people apply for their jobs. But, but Roland, what was she so mad about? I, I, I think she was mad about, I think she was mad about the mask or something. Um, yeah, I, that didn't come out in the video, but she mad as a month. She uh, mad as hell, boy. Scott, did you hear him say Monique? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Forgive me. Because yeah, yeah, your ass don't listen. I got a technical difficulty. Because your ass don't listen. Boy, I told you, you don't listen. You going off today. You don't listen. That's the problem. Monique, go ahead. Well, let me just say yeah. this. Mon so Monique, go <laughs> ahead. I hate y'all. Okay, so... <laughs> Here's my issue. We know everything about, you know, races going racist, white supremacists going white supremacists. And I'm always trying to give the people who don't fit in these, these boxes and uh, these baskets the benefit of the doubt. But what is clear to me in this video, and this is one of those things that if critical race theory was actually taught in schools, which it's not ignoramuses, um, this is one of the things that they would teach. 
she goes from being mad to being rude to being racist. Her racism was always like right under the surface. And when she realized she couldn't yell and get her point across, then she couldn't call the employee a bitch and get her point across. She had to go for black bitch because mm-hmm. black in her mind was an insult. Like that was a derogatory term. And then when she was still unfazed, she went for porches and monkeys and everything that she could think of. Hear me. If there is a single white person in America watching me right now, that doesn't come from any from nowhere, boo. That's in your spirit. That's that's your default setting. So you think that you just generically mad and insulted? But hear me, the people who are not racist, porch monkey doesn't just spill out. Black bitch (laughs) doesn't find its way out of your mouth. It doesn't. So look at this as a case study. In your empirical class, your fictional class, CRT 101, because this is where you learn how white supremacy intersects with social construct because that's what critical race theory is actually about. Yeah. Um, Scott, go ahead. You got something to say? I just want to know. I'm not the so host, though. <laughs> Who gets mad that mad? Did, it, did a child get attacked? Did, was her life threatened? But she went right there, as, as Monique said, <laughs> with the social construct and racial racial theory. I just don't know why people get so mad about it. Where's she working, Roland? Where she well, working? here's she the deal. So, first of all, you, you've got a couple things out here. So, uh, there's some there's some pieces I see that her name is Lisa Zoner. Then there's uh-huh. a Carrie Zoner in St. Louis. I don't know if they're the right same person. Right. Uh, I keep seeing both names. A Carrie Zoner actually ran for the school board. Uh, Earlier this year, the NAACP chapter demanded she enter campaign uh, for the Salem Kaiser School Board Zone One after she called uh, after she had some uh, awful things to say about George Floyd. Uh, but mm. but but clearly that's the- her Lisa Carrie Zoner. Well, clearly, but we're clearly uh, 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 the zoner name is trash. Uh, but Robert, I, I just again, I, I, all I keep saying is again, y'all just roll. I love the sister. Okay, boo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. That don't hurt me. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Gone. Right. No, she, she was about to slap her at the end. And that's, but that's the thing. But no, the deal though, that actually is what drives them crazy. It drives them crazier when you go, okay, boo. Mm-hmm. You done? Right, right. It drives them crazy. Robert, go ahead. Well, well, see, one of the interesting things is I wrote my senior thesis at Clark University on uh, racial slurs, and part of that, uh, part of what struck me is porch monkey is one of the older terms from the post-reconstruction era, and so that doesn't mm. just pop into your head. That is one you heard. That's one from your childhood. That is a deep-down uh, generation where you don't just slip and say porch monkey. Uh, you can claim you slipped no. and said the N-word uh, sometimes. You know, you were quoting a rap <laughs> song, but you don't just slip and say porch monkey. That is some deep-down intergenerational racism. And as I always say, this is exactly why I always have a gun with me. Um, Because when a woman goes that crazy and starts calling black folks porch monkey in the the store, uh, I know last time with the uh, the city councilwoman, I said you need a nice 762. In that case, you need yourself a 10 millimeter, uh, a pistol, no, a Glock, Glock 20, (laughs) something along those lines. You're advocating violence, Robert. It also needs to be concealable. 
So is so there a ten a, millimeter gun? Yeah, the ten millimeter oh, right here. So, oh, oh my god! And so shit. you keep right you need there. the ten millimeter. You need the ten millimeter for bigger targets. So that's, this is why I use my uh, for uh, wild hogs down on the property, uh, mountain lions, those kinds of things. <laughs> but you want to make sure that you got something more concealable than you, you would with the AR pistol, just to make sure. So uh, look, you folks got to know because did you just brandish a weapon? Show it again. Show it again. Go show it again. It's legal. What is happening? Show it again. Oh, 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 Are you going to war with, huh? The My person goodness. calling people porch monkeys. You going to war with them? Look, with I'm them just saying those same people just look, 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 Scott. Those people just stormed the Capitol and tried to lynch the vice president. Ammo has been <laughs> sold out for two years. You can't even buy a gun in the store. You think it all evaporated? You think it all just disappeared into the heavens where, or something? So, where look, do you carry look, those guns, like in a satchel? It's not like you over here trying to infringe upon my constitutional rights. It's it's not the people, Robert. I'm putting you under watch care. I'm putting you under watch care. I don't have any arguments with you anymore. Don't worry about me. In case anything happens, y'all can come to my house. I got extra rooms. You can live like that. Robert, he can bridge. I dare you, Robert. No, that ain't got nothing to do with me. Me and Robert are cool, and if we not, don't start none, won't be none. I'm the Huckleberry. Oh, he pulled his shit out. Right on national TV, he pulled his shit look, out. Look, I so told Roland knows I always have a gun on me at all times, but the, the reason is you never know when one of people. I did brandish. I, I demonstrated it. So, so the, the, whole, the whole point is, when these people go on these wild attacks, we saw the city councilwoman at, outside the Ku Klux Klan uh, statue they had taken down. They, these, people, these people are disconnected from reality. These people are, they still believe the election was stolen from them, that Western civilization is under attack. You know, they send oh, letters God. and mail and all sorts of things. So I, I highly encourage black people to exercise your Second Amendment right, because when they come after you, Ladies you're not going to be throwing no Lawyers in Atlanta, I do. I saw Robert posted something the other day because some racist was threatening him, and he was basically like, mm-hmm, come over here with that if you want to. And I'm like, I got something for him. say, I got something for you, Playboy. No, he literally said it. And then he posted it so all of us could see it. Yippee Kai Yay! Roland, where are you? 100%. Where, where but, are but, you? But no, Ro- Roland, Roland knows that we can handle this. All I'm saying is, I'm your Huckleberry. Everybody remembers that tombstone <laughs> reference, right? There he is. I knew he was doing what he was doing. So my point is, Robert, you, you, at least you could have just stayed with the 10 millimeter, wherever that was. I don't God know why. That's what the 10 millimeter was. That so it's right there. Last time I said the 7.62, that's the other one. I can go get the other ones. 
But what was that we don't know. Roland posted a picture of your guns, or somebody did. We already know. No, no, those oh, were the ones that put man, on man, I don't want to have to go to the FBI and tell them that you're not their guy. Look, the FBI should go get all them crazy people storming the Capitol and burning down buildings all over the country. They should, That's what they, they need won't. to be worried about. You see, they won't. I, look, look, we we have to you understand. Black folks have look. Black folks got to stop being afraid of the Second Amendment. It applies to us just like it applies to them. And the same way these people walk around with 50 caliber uh, sniper rifles, Barrett M1s, they got well, fully automatic tamp, uh, attack stamped weapons. They ready to roll. So we're sitting here scared to exercise our Second Amendment rights as if we're doing something illegal simply by legally owning a firearm that is registered, that is uh, identified, that is within every single federal uh, parameter. But we've been taught to be afraid of our actual rights, just like many folks are uh, taught to be afraid of their First Amendment rights. Don't speak out like that. I think all of us have probably heard that from friends and family. Don't be out there talking to people like that. You're going to scare the white people, and they're going to come after you. Don't have your Second Amendment rights. They're going to get mad at you. They're going to come after you. we got to stop running scared as black people in this country. You make progress when you're bold, when you are well, unapologetic, and letting people well, know, look, my rights are exactly the same as yours. Yeah, but I'm, I'm Scott, all for clear gun your safety, calendar. and I'm clear all for calendar, the Second Scott. Amendment. Clear but, your calendar, um, Scott. I, I'm sorry, go right ahead. I said clear your calendar. Yeah, really? <laughs> well, our our brother's going to need know, listen, you in Atlanta. I was, I was, I never owned a gun in my life until I heard about the Proud Boys, so I have plenty of them. I haven't brought them on the show yet. But next week I'm bringing them, and maybe we can compare notes because I'm a beginner. I don't my my equipment's not as sophisticated as yours, but I'm sure you know how to work my my Mossberg shotguns, long and short, and the sawed-off mm -hmm. one, and the subcompact nine, and the Beretta nine millimeter. So let's talk about that. Black people in the Second Amendment on the next show. Maybe Roland ought to just let us freestyle, and we can hold our shit up, and you can tell me all about it. Look, I'm down. Bro, let's do a gun show. I'm against guns. Can I speak for a moment, please? I am against guns, and and Roland is now um, a member of Guy. Because... You know what? You, you know what Robert reminded me of? Tupac used to say, throw him up. Throw him up, right? Throw him up, right? He threw up his shit. <laughs> his guns. He but I was only throwing up my fingers because I was so... Right. Naive, but right now, guns. I am against guns, <laughs> and I'm I will, will debate it at a later time because yeah, I'm not against guns. Um, we gonna get you a little nine Roland millimeter. Having a give piece a chance. His well, his dice. That's how you give piece a chance. Well, well, you get yourself well, well, a nice well, subcompact nine millimeter with a piece. Let me with a piece something. like 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 you, like Medea. We're, we're yeah. like Medea. Give Peace a chance you when you have a We're going to pick out your little Beretta or your little Smith & Wesson, and we're going to get it in your hands. We're going to load it, and we're no, going to take it to the range in Virginia. Look, and I'm going to tell you right now. My, my wife is exactly the same way when I'm God, As upset as I get with you on this program, does it seem like it makes sense to give me a gun? Yes. <laughs> look, 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 Monique. <laughs> 
You, you sound, I had this exact same conversation with my wife when we first met, back when we first started dating. She had moved from New York, uh, New York uh, down to Atlanta. And the first thing I ever bought her wasn't no flowers or purse or shoes. Got her a Mossberg M500 with pistol grip shotgun, like Scott was just saying. And so she, as a New Yorker... Yeah, yeah. She, as a New Yorker, looked at it and was scared of it. She had been taught this pathology her whole life that guns are associated with crime, associated with evil, right. associated with killing, uh, until people started breaking into her apartment complex, stealing catalytic converters, and uh, dragging women off. At that point, we were right at the shooting range, and she knows how to use it proficiently. And I got her her subcompact nine for her uh, to be in her purse, we because we have, a, we have a house in Atlanta, we have a house in Baltimore. I don't know if you noticed, people are wilding out of places. I got it. You know what, Robert? How long you been married, Robert? Uh, what year is it? Six <laughs> uh, years. What? So, Robert. Six years in. So, look, I'm, I'm just saying, you, Robert, you have gotta, to understand they have to be protected. Dude, dude, by year 10, by year 10, you either get rid of those weapons or you exit the premises. No, so, she helped she help get build weapons now. We got to get Erica right. I was cleaning my shotguns and I had my two nines out in Maryland Please on the don't bed. Bring Eric and she like this. turned around and left. Said, tell Eric me when you're done this. with that. <laughs> It's a pathology. I've, I've had guns around since I was two years old, and right, none of them right. have ever hopped up and shot anybody on their own. None of them have ever just magically uh, went on a crime spree and, and shut up a and, school or anything. They're tools that, like any other that's tool. That's why I said to you, you haven't had a black woman around as a wife for 10 years since you were two years old. So when you get to the decade, Mark, you call me. Yeah, Erica don't want no part of my guns, man. But I got to socialize and, it, just and like that, you said. you should be thankful. Just be thankful. But I Somebody come knocking on that door in the middle of the night. You'll be the happy they're there. My, my girl don't need no gun. If she's trying to get she rid of it, she can do it I tell you what, she's going there when that money's in there, though. I bet you she knows when that money's in that safe with those guns. She say, she say, take the guns out. I got to get something out the safe. <laughs> Y'all done? Yeah, I think we done. Cause y'all not going. not now one of y'all can ever open your damn mouth to say and never let your asses talk. No, we talked tonight. Thank you, Rose. You can't ever, you can't ever, ever you can't ever say that again. Never, not, not now, ever. Uh, Roman, did you see his guns? Yeah, yeah, I saw his gun. Yeah, stop talking. I gotta pay some bills. I'll be back. Before Till's murder, we saw struggle for civil rights as something grown-ups did. I feel that the generations before us have offered a, a lot of instruction. Organizing is really one of the only things that gives me the sanity and makes me feel purposeful. When Emmett Till was murdered, yeah. that's what attracted our attention. Hello, I'm Nina Turner. My grandmother used to say, all you need in life are three bones. The wishbone to keep you dreaming, the jawbone to help you speak truth to power, and the backbone to keep you standing through it all. I'm running for Congress because you deserve a leader who will stand up fearlessly on your behalf. Together, we will deliver Medicare for all. Good jobs that pay a living wage and bold justice reform. I'm Nina Turner, and I approve this message. Hey, y'all, join the Blackest Bus in America and hundreds of organizations on a freedom ride for voting rights. 
from June 18th to June 26th. Join our caravan for rallies in cities and states from Louisiana to Virginia. And on June 26th, you can join us in Washington, D.C. or host a voting rights event in your own city. To learn how to get involved, text Freedom Ride to 797979. Gospel star Anthony Brown was one of the folks that we we talked to at a previous Essence Festival, and so uh, here is this Essence Festival throwback presented by Coca-Cola. Anthony, how you doing? I'm doing amazing, man. Now, is your first Essence? This is my third Essence. Your third Essence. Yes, I've done Essence at least two more times, performing as well, and, and just hanging out. It's the best conference, man, for a lot of black people. Right. Whole bunch of black people. Well, and that's why, so I always start with that question because yeah. it's always a different reaction for people who are new. Got you, got versus you, got those you. who are vets. Yes, sir. Who've been here multiple times. Absolutely. So so what, what out of all the things that you do, other events that you do, other major events, what, what separates this from any of those? Man, you know what? Black culture is so diverse. When you come to Essence, you get to see a little bit of everything. I mean, we come in every shade. We act every kind of way. To me, that's beautiful. You walk through the, um, to the convention center here, the Great Hall here, you see everything, man. But I love it. I love my people. So it's just, that's what makes it different to me. But also, I think what's important, and, and, and my staff will tell you, I do this. Yes, sir. Uh, I cannot stand coming here in seclusion. Wow. Meaning, right. you're in the VIP areas, you're in the, here in the interview room. Absolutely. I tell them, no, every year that you come. we're walking the stage, I walking the floor. I we, love it. We're going to be with people, seeing people, touching yeah. people, taking photos. I hop on different stages. Like, I'll hop on the four stage. Just for no reason. I'll just, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday they, they, were, they were DJing in Coca-Cola. I jumped right in the middle of Absolutely. their floor. Uh, That's I'll, what I'll I just roll up it. on the AARP stage. So you like me. Like, I mean, whatever. I don't want to just be confined somewhere. No, I want to be out there with the people on Bourbon Street, walking up and down, and they throwing beads and all of that. Man, I love it. It's crazy. Absolutely. <laughs> it's crazy. So uh, what music uh, you got uh, folks uh, jumping up and down with right Man, now? Man, you know what? We are excited. Next month, July 28th, we drop a new project called Long Way From Sunday. Probably my most introspective work. Um, you know, you've always, and News One is always, you've always made sure that gospel music had a place. You know what I mean? We appreciate that, that you allow us to shine the way you do. I've been on your show there in D.C. You right in my backyard. You done preached at my church, First Baptist <laughs> Church in Glendale. Yes, Shout out Pastor yes, Jenkins. Indeed. You know what I mean? So, so you always make sure that we have a place. And so I think that it's important um, to have that and to do that music so that people can have their inspiration. I mean, everybody else is doing what they feel like inspires them. What I do is talk about Jesus because that's what inspires me. Mm -hmm. So July... 28th, A Long Way From Sunday. That's what we got going on. Brand new project. So what is uh, A Long Way From Sunday? Ooh, glad you asked. A Long Way From Sunday to me is what most people who don't know our black church culture, that's what they feel. 
Sunday symbolizes the day that we all come together. You know, we fellowship. We know the culture. We do it every week. But there are a lot of people out there who don't know our culture, who don't understand what it's like, and so they feel a long way from Sunday. And then there are others who, like myself, go to church every Sunday, are very familiar, but you know better than I do. You know, as soon as you get in the car from church on Sunday night, as soon as you get up, wake up on Monday morning, you are already a long way from getting mm -hmm. back to that feeling again. Mm -hmm. So the songs on this project really are about trying to inspire those who do it all the time and those who may not understand it at all, that we really need to bridge that gap and show that everybody's out here struggling just trying to find a way to make it. That's what this all project right. is all about. A long way from Sunday. A long way from Sunday. July 28th. July 28th. All right, man, always good to see us. He representing the Washington Nationals. Absolutely, man. I got you. Washington Nationals on my hat and actually my clothing line on my shirt, man. Well, see, if I, I love Mercy. If Mercy. If I wasn't suited in boots, I would have my uh, best record in Major League Baseball, Houston Astros. What? So <laughs> Listen, you in D.C. now, man. No, I'm from Houston. Okay, fine. I live there, <laughs> but I'm from Houston. All right, all right, I all right. I, I don't do no, I only, only hometown. We're going to get your Nationals hat anyway, just to make sure you gonna have it. Ain't going to happen. <laughs> ain't going to happen. Unless it's blue and orange. So you Houston all day. And a star. All right, fine. Rolling this <laughs> Houston all day. Yeah, I went to, when we were in the National League, I went to the Nationals Park in my Astros gear. Did you really? You yes, bold. I did. I ain't scared. You real bold. I ain't scared. <laughs> Y'all rolling bold, man, but we still gonna get him a little red. He need a little, a little Washington Nationals. He right in our backyard. Don't mean nothing. Houston Astros, best oh record in Major good. League Baseball. Oh, my goodness. Here First we go. Place. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate my it, man. man. Always good so seeing much. you. Yes, sir. I appreciate sir. it. Yes, sir. All right, folks, don't forget uh, the Essence Virtual Festival. June 26th, June 27th. Panels beginning at 2 p.m. Concerts beginning at 6 p.m. All right, uh, last question for my panels. Uh, has all three of y'all been to Essence Festival? Yes, sir. Well, Robert, you couldn't bring them damn guns yes. if you did come. Uh, Scott, you been? Yes. Oh, I'm about to say, because, you know, you bougie. I know, you ain't I, taking my I, black card. I, 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 I don't know if you actually want to be around the regular black people. Uh, you know, <laughs> There's so, some people so, who are so, elevated. So how about this here? How many Essence festivals have you been to, um, Scott? <laughs> say what? How many have you been to? I've been to five. Especially, and I went to the one last year as well. That was my most recent. It was great to walk around last year and everything. <laughs> Robert, how many have you been to? I've been to two. It wasn't no I damn Essence Festival <laughs> last year. Somebody needs to say that. I know. I was just joking. I was just trying to test you and Roland. Robert, how many have you been to? I've been to two. So you say you've been to two? The Conties were a lot. So yeah, I can only handle two. You can only handle two. What? Too much blackness for you? Nah, them drunk aunties get aggressive. <laughs> Monique. <laughs> Monique. I can't even count. I'm from Galveston. It's a short drive to New Orleans. I've been when Prince performed. I've been when Janet That performed. was 2014. I've been, I've been up close enough to hear Gladys say love overboard, and I felt like they were spitting on me. Um, when when Anthony Hamilton wasn't a thing, I've I've presented and moderated at Essence. Um, I was there when when Michael Eric Dyson, nobody knew what the three names was. Uh, listen, see, I was there before you were with News One. So check me, boo, on some Essence Fest. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and I still stay at my same two places. And and I wish I could stay there this year. 
but but it's virtual. But I but I love it. I love everything about it. Sure do. Okay, so let's let's see if, let's see if it, who's authentic. Uh, Robert, your favorite Essence Festival moment or memory? Yeah. Uh, Roland, I, I'm, I'm gonna make a confession. I get drunk at Essence whenever I go. I have very few memories. I have to look at the pictures. All right, Scott. He lying. He lying. I'm not lying at all. He lying. He lying. Scott. Uh, my favorite essence. I get drunk too, but my favorite essence moment was uh, Beyonce. Which one? Whatever year that was. Which one? She performed more than once. Well, the one I was at. Monique. So one of my <laughs> one of my one of my very favorite moments, and I've already mentioned the night because um, Gladys was performing on the main stage, as was Frankie Beverly. And Roland, I don't know if you remember this or not, but somebody in Frankie Beverly's band took sick, and they thought he was having a heart attack. And Frankie ran off and left off the stage, but everything ended up okay. But that same night, they had these rooms, like they had these smaller rooms that you could go into while the main stage was going on or afterward. And yeah, they call they call they call super with, lounges. They call super lounges. And and Anthony was in one of those rooms singing new music. And let's just say, is everything you think now is old music? And well, well, we know we know that was a long <laughs> ass time ago. If Anthony <laughs> yes. Hamilton was singing the super lounge. Uh, so he yeah, that was singing that... new music in the super lounge. That's yeah. one of my favorite memories. But my other favorite memories are things like, ooh, let me get in a whole lot of trouble, sitting um, with Omarosa and having a crab cob salad. You know, I got food memories. Um, Cafe Du Monde with my cousin Shannon. I I I I relish in going for shrimp and grits. Um, I, I enjoy everything. The verticals that, that you've done, that Mike, Mike and Marcia have done, all of it. I love all of it. I love the entire experience. Uh, well, I certainly I have been to a number of Essence festivals. Uh, and uh, the first one I went to uh, was awesome. And that was where uh, it was crazy because I was, I was that one I was up in somebody's suite. And it was it was wild to actually see uh, Frankie Beverly Mays performing and black folks doing line dances in the seats, on the floor, yeah. on the stage. Yeah. Uh, and Scott, yeah. uh, you don't have this experience, but uh, that first Essence Festival, I was in the suites. Uh, the next year, I was actually stage right when on Mays performed. On the stage. I was actually yeah. on the stage. On now, the I, stage. I know you don't know that experience, yeah. uh, but uh, <laughs> it was so it was interesting. So it was interesting. It was interesting to see the whole stadium doing the line dance from the suite of yeah. up high, and then the next year to see them doing the same line dance from the stage. I got video of both. Won't he do it? I got I got video. Won't he do it? I got video of both of them, and when she say won't he do it, he, she's not talking about. Scott Bolden. Uh, so y'all, y'all got way classier experiences than mine were. Well, that's uh, what happens when you don't drink. <laughs> yeah, y'all. See, when you don't drink, you then remember you. you, you when you don't drink, you remember there's a concert at night. I passed out in that Popeyes over there. Hey, I gotta uh, go. You know I the Popeyes go. on Canal Street. I passed out in there <laughs> one time. Three o'clock. Can I go? 
Scott. As long as I can come back next week. Scott, you could have left an hour ago. Well, I don't want to be rude to you, you know? Yeah, I mean, you, 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 your computer wasn't working earlier, so we had to drop you and bring you back. But anyway, y'all, uh, y'all, don't forget Virtual Festival, June 26th, 27th. Uh, and so please uh, check it out. We're going to be online. And then, of course, on June 28th, we're going to do a recap of the first weekend uh, of Essence Fest Virtual Festival, and then we'll be back on July 5th uh, for another recap. So y'all know how we do. If y'all want to support what we do here, Roland Martin Unfiltered, please uh, join our Brain the Funk fan club. Every dollar you give, go support what we do. Cash app, dollar sign, RM Unfiltered. PayPal.me, forward slash R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo.com is forward slash RM Unfiltered. Zell is rolling at RolandSMartin.com. Rolling at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Uh, all right, y'all, just a couple of more weeks, and we're in uh, this space right here. We're moving. Uh, and so uh, you can, let me tell you how, how no, normally we switch cameras. Y'all, we took all, the other three cameras out. We only got one camera in here. Uh, so we're packing up uh, in the office, uh, moving to our new location. I, I showed y'all what it looks like. Uh, it's fantastic. I cannot wait to tell y'all what we got next. And so y'all know how we do. We keep it real, keep it honest. And plus, y'all know can't nobody on MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, ABC, CBS, none of them <laughs> rock some aviators. That's how we do it on Bring the Funk. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's how we roll. All right, y'all. I'm going to see y'all tomorrow right here. Rolling Martin Unfiltered. To all my Texans, yo, not in the rest of the country know how we feel. Juneteenth, big national holiday. The bill passes the U.S. House 414-14. Now goes to the desk of President Joe Biden to sign into law. I'm going to see y'all tomorrow. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.